Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is the show where we share cutting-edge strategies in acquiring leads and sales for your business through paid traffic, and today is all about TikTok. We are so psyched to have the Savannah Sanchez, the social Savannah, back on Perpetual Traffic here today. Kasim, I don't know about you, but I think we've been talking too much Facebook and Google the last couple of episodes, so it's a good thing she's here to get us out of this Google Facebook rut. To quote Savannah Sanchez, right before we started recording, she says, Facebook's just not sexy anymore. (laughs) And and Google's never been sexy. So I I think, yeah, we we definitely need a bit of a palate cleanser. And no matter what you feel about TikTok, and I'll tell you, I hate it. It's, it's It's the social future. It's such a leviathan. It overtook Google as the number one domain on the internet. It's unbelievable. And it just took us all by storm. So so even if you dislike it, remember, I disliked Facebook when it first came. I dislike everything when it's new. That's the, that's the seat of the marketer. But you have to take notice and you have to learn how to use it. And Savannah has cracked the code better than anybody that we know. And we're so, so excited to have her. So uh, speaking of which... Savannah, we're going to put you on the spot. I know you've been sitting in the virtual green room, but really isn't a virtual green room because you've heard everything we've said here. But what is a cool TikTok-related nugget that you want to drop or a sexy nugget that you want to drop on the Perpetual Traffic listener here today? Hello, of course. My nugget is don't make ads, make TikToks. Remember that everyone hates ads. And you need to make content that's entertaining, informative, and blends right in with all the content that they're already consuming because no one wants to watch an ad. It's true. There's certain people that are better at this than others, though, I've noticed because my, my VP of marketing, Tom, loves TikTok. And he's like, we need to up our tier 11 TikTok presence. I'm like, uh okay, are we cool enough? Like, how do you actually do it? And then he showed some examples of, you know, B2B TikTok influencers. And it was really, really good. It was influential, but also informative. So there's a way to do it, even if you don't think you're all that cool or all that sexy. And that's what we're going to be talking about here today. We're going to be talking about like campaign structure and then getting into some of the things that are really working with individual ads, but sort of go back to uh, the basics here with TikTok. And I don't think we've ever really done that. And if you're intimidated by TikTok, and you're like, oh my God, it's one more platform that I have to learn. Well, yeah, you should learn it because this thing is growing like a weed. And um, you know, Facebook sees it in the rearview mirror as does Google. So you might as well learn how to do it now. I'm pretty excited to have 
uh, one of the, if not the foremost experts in the world on it, Savannah Sanchez. So before we get into that interview with her, Custom, we got a big announcement here today. I want to remind folks like, yeah, yeah. The time has come. The time has come. And we've yes. been building this up for far too long. It's about time we announce our winner. Can you maybe uh, you know refresh everybody's memory as to what this whole thing is all about? So there's a uh, paid traffic certification produced by Digital Marketer starring the smartest, kindest, gentlest marketer in the world. And uh, <laughs> Savannah Sanchez? No. Sorry, Savannah. Well, yeah. uh, well <laughs> so we've we've poured our heart and soul into this marketing certification, and uh, it's five hundred bucks if you want to if you want to pay for it. And I think you should. I think it's worth ten times that. But we're going to give it to one of the one of the people that filled out our survey. We have a, a survey perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better. We chose the most constructive submission, and that came from our new friend, John Young. Yeah, we we got. Um... I would say dozens and dozens of submissions, not thousands, but we got really thoughtful, really good ideas for the show. But Sean's was like above and beyond. So appreciate that feedback, Sean. Uh, we will be in touch with you, I guess is safe to say, through the channels inside the digital marketer and scalable companies, but really appreciate you filling out that survey. And for everyone who filled out the survey over at perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better, uh, love you guys out there. And our goal is to make this the number one marketing podcast on the planet. And, you know, we're getting there damn fast, especially with today's episode with Savannah, which we're going to get to right after this quick break. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. When I ask people like in my network, like what podcast you listen to, they always say perpetual traffic. So yeah, like good awesome? media buyers. Good ones. <laughs> well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. And I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way 
using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. All right, we are back with Savannah Sanchez. In today's conversation, we're going to be talking about TikTok campaign structure and how it's all done, like the one, two, three steps that you need to do to set up your TikTok ads for success. And then I'll obviously talk about TikTok. Savannah does a lot of stuff. Like you've got a very large agency with lots of content creators, but you also do a lot of teaching. And you've got, according to my staff, I hate when people say that, but according to my staff, the best um, TikTok course there is out there on uh, on planet Earth. And you can, so anyway, speaking of generous, like talk to us about like how how somebody who's never gone on TikTok, like what do you do to start off? Like why are so many people like, oh, you know, I'm I'm intimidated by yet another platform. Like take us through sort of the the steps that you teach in the course, and obviously we'll give links and maybe even a discount for perpetual traffic listeners at the end of the show yes. here. If you pay attention, everyone. Um, so take us through like the steps of, of setting up, up a campaign and, and success on TikTok. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons I love TikTok is I think it's actually a lot more simple to set up than Facebook. Facebook, there's so many buttons, so many things you can do wrong. You have different bidding strategies, audiences. There's CBO versus non-CBO. Although Facebook in recent years has definitely gotten a lot more consolidated. And I think most marketers can agree that more consolidated, simple campaign structure on Facebook is the best. At least that's my opinion. Um, I would say TikTok takes that and you can even make it simpler. Like when I start with a new client on TikTok, typically I'm starting with one campaign, like one prospecting campaign. I'm testing one to two audiences. So two ad sets. I'll do one that's a very broad interest stack. So I'm picking multiple interests and putting it in an ad set. The other one could be a lookalike or even completely broad. And then in each ad set, I'm testing five to seven different creatives at a time. Um, so I think overall, like the learning curve of figuring out how to set up your TikTok campaigns for success is a lot less than Facebook, which I can dive into in more detail in terms of bidding strategies that are working well on, on TikTok audiences. But I would say it ultimately boils down to the creatives, like making, like I said in my little tidbit to start the show, um, making sure that the ads are entertaining, informing, um, look like TikToks, filmed with an iPhone, UGC style. And that's where I put all of my attention to. Once I, because once you know the campaign structure, that's, that's your campaign structure. There really doesn't need to be that many tweaks with it. Really what I'm doing is every week I'm creating new TikToks to my clients, rotating in new creatives, um, trying to learn from those creative tests. And that's where I'm putting most of my energy on TikTok is figuring out what creatives are resonating best with my audience. So once you have that structure and the campaign structure, totally non-intimidating is the fact that if you're coming from Facebook, it's the same campaign structure. It's campaign, ad set, ads. But once you set up your campaign and ad set structure, maybe we can get into a little bit more detail on some of the, the nuances of that. It's what, 80, 90% focus on those front-facing ads because or the, well, on the front-facing TikToks, as you said eloquently to start off the show, that sounds too easy. What, what, what are the gotchas in there? Like what are the watch outs, you know, maybe at the ad set level, campaign level, anything that people need to keep in mind when they're setting those, those aspects of campaign up? 
Sure. So I also want to mention, I'm, I'm always thinking about this through the lens of e-commerce since the brands that I work with are e-commerce brands. So if you are B2B, there's going to be different nuances here, but for my e-commerce brands that I work with, one major difference from TikTok to Facebook that I see a lot of marketers make the mistake of is that on TikTok, there is a process of seasoning the pixel that is necessary. And what I mean by that is that you have to start by optimizing for an upper level conversion event. So on TikTok, when I'm first setting up my account, a new campaign, I'm optimizing for add to carts. Um, Cause I see that as like top of the funnel, add to cart, middle of the funnel could be initiate checkout, bottom of the funnel purchase. On Facebook, I have a very different approach. I'm always optimizing for purchase no matter what. When someone says they're optimizing for link clicks or add to carts on Facebook, I kind of laugh at them like, well, you're going to get a bunch of trash traffic. Um, but on TikTok, I've had to change my mindset a bit because the pixel, when you first start out, has no idea who to serve your ads to. So I found the most success optimizing for add to carts until I get at least a thousand add to carts on the pixel. And then transferring my campaigns to optimize for initiate checkout, get a thousand initiate checkouts on the pixel. And then ultimately I'm able to optimize for purchase. So the mistake I see marketers make is that they go straight to purchase on TikTok because that's what they're used to on Facebook. They're like, I want, I want purchases. I don't want all this trash traffic, but that's been one major thing that I've had to adjust to and learn is that you do have to go through a process of seasoning the pixel. If you just go straight to purchase the TikTok pixel is going to have no idea to, to who to serve your ads to. And that's where most marketers give up. Um, so don't fall in that trap. Yeah, super interesting. I mean, that's 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 the way that it was with Facebook. I would I hate to say it, but seven, eight years ago, it, it was that what you did have to do that. I mean, they always said, well, you know, optimize for the event that you really want to optimize for. But if you're going for a $100 CPA and you've got you know, you have no idea what you're doing. It's your first ever account. Then, you know, it was, it stood to reason. I mean, sometimes we even go like page view, then view content, then add to cart, then initiate checkout, then purchase, you know, or maybe back then initiate checkout wasn't even there at that point. But um, now if you optimize for any of those, you just, you send the algorithm in a wrong direction. But here it's a thousand conversions for add to cart and you're primarily in the e-com space we should throw that as a caveat here and then once you get those thousand conversions on add to cart how how many initiate checkouts are usually good or is like the algorithm kind of there and you just need a few like what's your sense when do you switch over to purchase i usually judge it on a weekly basis like similar to facebook the ad set only exits learning if you're getting 50 conversion events a week so if I'm consistently able to get 50 initiate checkouts a week and I'm seeing um, a relatively good CPA, then I'll, I'll go and test purchase and see how it goes. But I would say the higher your average order value, the more likely you're going to have to spend more time in those upper funnel conversion events like add to cart or initiate checkout because it's going to be that much more difficult to reach 50 add to carts a week or 50 initiate checkouts per ad set per week. So I've had clients, especially the ones with higher AOV, where they can run TikTok ads for months and they're only optimizing for add to cards, but they're seeing like really good CPAs and purchases come through on there. And they're validating that through their third-party attribution and post-purchase surveys that it's 
optimizing for add to carts working. And then there's no reason to change that strategy. So it's something that I'll test if I'm able to get to 50 add to carts a week or 50 initiate checkouts a week. And TikTok's advice is wait till you get to a thousand add to carts in order to optimize for initiate checkout. That's when the pixel has like a thousand data points to rely off essentially, which makes sense. Like if you're thinking about machine learning and how many data points it needs in order to make connections of, okay, these type of people are clicking on this ad. These are similar to these type of people. If you're only giving it like 10 or 20 data points, that's much more difficult to make those connections of, okay, these users like this product. I need to find more users like this. So it's a combination of giving the algorithm enough budget when you first start out and being patient to make sure that you're getting at least 50 events on the pixel a week. So the algorithm can learn who to serve the ads to, and it gets much more smart over time. And 50 events on the pixel means a, a, a rate multiple of 50 because there's events that TikTok's not going to be able to track, right? They have the same problem that Facebook would have. And so is that is that 50 times, you know, extrapolated across whatever I am or am not able to track? Or is it 50 events wholesale and then TikTok distills from there what's trackable? I think it's from TikTok's pixel, like what they pick up in their events. And with Shopify, the, the TikTok pixel integration there is able to pick up additional events through their conversion API. So I'm usually looking in TikTok ads manager on the ad set level. And I'm looking at like a last seven day look back window and seeing, okay, my 50 conversions a week. And it has a very similar function to Facebook where it will give you like a, it's in learning or it's active um, sort of thing or learning limited. So you'll be able to gauge, okay, am I getting close to 50? What's my CPA? Are things looking good? I would say that's when marketers get in a lot of trouble when they're not able to exit the learning phase and they're not getting at least 50 add to carts on that ad set per week, which is where you would need to either add more budget, get better creatives. If there's not enough people going to your site and converting, then that's going to affect how many add to carts or initiate checkouts you get per week. So those are the things I'm thinking about when I'm first starting out is, okay, where am I sending the traffic? Is the website fast? Is it optimized? What's my offer? Um, Because I want to make sure the website's converting. And then the other side of it is the ad. Am I, what's my click-through rate on it? Are people watching most of the ad or are they just swiping right by after the first second? So those are the two levers that I have to pull is getting better ads that are leading to higher click-through rates and then ultimately the conversion rate on the site. Mm. The reason I was drilling down into that is is I feel like it's, it's an important metric for new advertisers to pay strong attention to because it's going to dictate your budget. If you're not spending enough to achieve your 50, you can't say TikTok didn't work. That's not the case. You didn't give it enough fuel. So I think what Savannah just gave he- us here is like a phenomenal line of demarcation, which is based upon what the event is costing you. You multiply that by 50, and that's what you have to spend per week. Ho- hopefully it gets better. It optimizes towards something more efficient. But if you're not spending that or can't afford to spend that, then it sounds like you might be priced out of TikTok. 100%. And in my course, I have a calculator that does exactly that. I- you type in like, okay, what's the CPA I'm getting per ad to cart? What's my site conversion rate? What's the click through rate on the ad? And I'll tell you, okay, in order to get 50 ad to carts a week, you're going to be need to spend $200 a day or whatever it is. So that's the math that I always refer people back to in terms of what budget do I need to start out with TikTok? I'm like, well, you need enough budget to get to at least 50 ad to carts a week. 
And that's also why I recommend to new advertisers, you can just start off with one ad set. Like don't get in the trap of making 20 different ad sets, all targeting a different audience. You'll see much better results if you consolidate and you start out with just one ad set. In that ad set, throw in interests that are relevant to your customer. Like if you're selling makeup, do like beauty, skin, hair, fashion, like these interests that have like billions of people in there, just toss them all in one ad set instead of separating them all out. And then what's also interesting is on the ad set level, you can choose to have your targeting expanded similar to Facebook with detailed targeting expansion. It's essentially a checkbox that says, will you allow TikTok to serve your ads to people outside of the interest you've chosen? If we think that this person is most likely to convert I always checkbox that and that seems to result in good results. Just throwing all the interests that you think are relevant and then making that checkbox of if TikTok thinks that there's someone outside of this interest that's going to convert, like you have free reign TikTok to serve the ad to them. So start with that, your one ad set, and then it's going to be easier to get 50 ad carts per week on one ad set. If you have five different ad sets and you have to five extra budget. So start with one ad set, get that rolling and then go into testing different audiences, maybe a lookalike, launch a new ad set, but keeping it as consolidated as possible. One campaign prospecting, one ad set, all of your interests tossed in five to seven creatives. You're rotating in and maybe a new creative every week or so. If you have the capabilities to do that, I usually test two new creatives per week. I'll turn off the bottom performers, throw the two new ones in and that's your setup. Savannah, does TikTok have the ability to optimize for LTV? Like I'm, you know, I'm on your site right now. I'm looking at your ad examples, which are amazing, by the way. Everybody needs to go to the socialsavannah.com oh, and click on ad examples because it you've just done such a good job of illustrating, like, hey, here's here's what we're doing. And it it puts it in a box that I can I can understand. But you know, I'm looking at the one of the first things that comes up is is uh, cosmetic. But there's somebody who buys this cosmetic from me one time and then never comes back, and then there's somebody that buys this cosmetic for me and then continues to buy that every month, but then also buys 50 other things. Does TikTok have something akin to like offline conversion tracking, customer value, LTV-esque optimization capabilities where we can hone in on who's worth more? Or is it just kind of like single point of success or failure? I think the closest thing that TikTok has to that is that it has two different bidding options. One for lowest cost bidding to where you're just saying, I just want to get the purchase. It's going to cost the least. Um, and then the second option they have is value optimization. So optimizing for people who they think are going to spend the most on the site, like the highest average order value. I've seen that value optimization, once you're able to optimize for purchase successfully. So you've gone through the pixel seasoning phase of optimizing for ad to cart, initiate checkout, then purchase. Once purchase is rocking and rolling, cause you can't optimize for value when you're, um, optimizing for ad to cart initiate checkout has to be on purchase. Once I'm on purchase, I've seen value optimization perform better than lowest cost optimization, um, which is bidding value bids for people who they think are going to have the highest long-term value. So the best practice here is start with low cost optimization, wait until TikTok figures out who buys and then pivot to uh, value optimization. Yes. That's a pro tip right there. That's, I really love that. That's awesome. Killer. Yeah. Pro tip. Yeah. I mean, I, my top spending ad accounts that are spending like 5,000 plus per day, you would open it and you'd be like, it's this simple. It's like, okay, we have one campaign. We have a few ad sets, like just maybe testing different interests or a different lookalike. And they're all optimizing for purchase with value. 
Um, and on the value optimization, you can even set a minimum ROAS. So you can say, I want to bid for value with the minimum of a 2X ROAS. I typically don't do that just because then it limits a budget that you spend per day. I typically will just check box value, optimizing for purchase, and essentially just letting TikTok spend the full $5,000 daily budget, but try to optimize for those users who are going to have the highest value rather than those with the that we can achieve the lowest CPA. Hmm. Yeah. So you're just taking it back a step, like as far as campaigns and campaign ob objectives, like the first thing that you do in a Facebook ad account is you figure out, okay, like what's your objective for your advertising campaign? There's lots of different options in, the, in TikTok. It's basically, it's more or less the same options. Are there ever occasion when, I mean, I know you're mostly in e-com, like maybe tell the folks about maybe your experiences with other objective aside from conversions because i'm assuming right now we're talking about conversions that's like the first thing that you mm -hmm. click you know my my clients hire me for a very specific purpose to get return on ad spend but the other objectives like where would you use those have you used them what's your experience what are your thoughts so one thing i've seen a lot of success with is optimizing for email signups so I have friends that are media buyers that do a lot more B2B stuff. And that's something that they consistently tell me is a really great strategy for TikTok is use it to get email signups and then through your email funnel, um, then you're retargeting them and, and, and putting them through the sequence um, to ultimately purchase. So email signups, really great strategy for TikTok. Another one is a quiz funnel. So the the CTA on the ad will be like, take our quiz to blah, blah, blah. And that can apply for both e-commerce and B2B. Um, so have them take the quiz to capture their email um, and go through it that way. I think having the CTA and the ad to take the quiz is a bit better than just like give us your email because then you are providing value because perhaps you're telling them the best service that they need or the best product that they need for their specific um, quiz results. So that's something that I've seen a lot of clients have success with is having that take the quiz CTA instead of just come and purchase on my site or please give me your email. <laughs> and that would be the lead generation campaign objective in that case, or it would still mm -hmm. be conversions. I believe so. I think you could probably set it up either way, depending on how you code the pixel. So you can code the pixel so that you can be optimizing for conversions, but it's for a button click. So that button click can be the, the quiz or or the give the email. Um, so I think there's there's a couple of different ways to do that. Got it. Quick yeah, note totally too right. for our listeners: we had Ryan Levesque on here a few episodes back, and he talked about the quiz funnel, which is still one of my favorite. I hate the word lead magnet, but I don't know what else to call it. It's one of my favorite <laughs> way of weaseling somebody's email out of them because, you know, like the the sterile offer is very transactional and the quiz feels engaging and, and relationship-based. And so I like, Savannah, that you brought that up too. I just wanted to plug our buddy Ryan because he's the, the quiz funnel guy. Yeah, we'll leave links in the show notes back to that episode, which, uh, oh man, quiz funnels work so well in so many. I mean, they, they involve some thinking and some setup to be able to do them right. And we, we mentioned a couple of gotchas in that episode as well as how to do it right. So we'll definitely leave some links there. Um, talk to me about placements. So if you go through campaign objective and then, you know, TikTok has a, I believe it's three different placements. Do you always select 
automatic by default or is there ever an occasion where you'd go newsfeed pangle or pangle tiktok <laughs> pangle i don't even know what pangle <laughs> is i should probably know but i have no but, idea that i always see it on there <laughs> <laughs> what is it i think some of them are just for international too like when you're targeting just us you'll see a note that says even if you choose automatic placements, it's not going to go towards Pangle or some of these other ones that are more for international audiences. So I I typically will go with automatic placements. Um, one interesting thing that TikTok has opened up as a placement, and I, I don't know if it's out of beta yet. Um, I know it's in my ad account because I have like an agency account and they get me on all the betas and stuff. I think it may be now because it came out with it a few months ago, is they have a search placement so that you can... You can choose that if someone's searching in makeup in the search bar, then you can actually choose like the hashtags that you'll show up for in the search. Like if someone's searching hashtag lipstick, then your ad will show up and you can choose the thumbnail on it. It looks pretty cool. And I've actually seen a lot of good results with the search ads. What I'm asking clients to do is like go through your Google, like top search terms of of your keywords that are working the best on there. And that's the perfect place to start if you're going to be doing hashtag targeting. So I think search is going to be the next big thing on TikTok. It already is. People are searching like DIY, home improvement, makeup, anything, skincare tips. They're already going to TikTok to search. So I think it's really cool that TikTok's now like pushing that on advertisers of like, People are searching for stuff like you should like let, treat TikTok almost just like you treat Google, except you have a TikTok video attached to it. So that's been really cool. I think that could be really applicable for, for B2B, especially where it's more search-based as opposed to just showing someone a cool product. Yeah, that that's a pro tip right there too <laughs> of things to come on TikTok. Hey guys, it's Kasim here. And... I'm so sorry to be the doom and gloom guy, but I'm hoping this acts as a bit of a wake-up call for you. We've been talking a lot about how the iOS thing has advertisers flying blind, sprinkling in the rising cost of ads and supply chain issues. I think we have a real entrepreneurial challenge ahead of us. And the bad news is, a lot of businesses are going to be washed away over the coming months. The good news is that the ones who adapt are going to come out even stronger. That's why it's important to focus on the things that you can control. Tighten up your website, improve your CRO, collect as much first-party data as you can, and test, test, and do more testing. And if you need help with that, go to our friends at Conversion Fanatics. They're running hundreds of tests in all sorts of industries, so they know what's working now. Check the show notes for the link, or you can visit them at conversionfanatics.com. Uh, so talk to me about some of the other settings just in the, the campaign setup here. User comments, video download. Like, do you always check those? You always want users to comment anything on the, any of those like advanced settings that you know you might want to uh, advise people about when they're setting up their TikTok ads? TikTok comments, that can be a full another episode. It's such a hot topic because people are brutal in the comments, especially on ads. Um, so the plus of having comments on is that it will increase like the organic reach of the ad and TikTok, even if you try to turn off comments, it will warn you, be like, your ad will not perform as well and will not reach as many people if you don't have comments on, which can be true. Now, the caveat to that is that you need to have someone moderating the comments every day because they will build up fast and they are brutal. 
I've seen clients add accounts where we'll have an ad that's doing super well and all of a sudden it just starts tanking. And I'm like, nothing's changed. It's same audience, same creative, nothing's changed. And then I'll go through the comments and I'll see that there's a lot of negative ones that are getting a lot of likes. And the more likes on a comment, the higher it's going to show up when someone clicks comments. I would say it's a typical user journey. Someone's looking at an ad before they even decide to go to the website, they're going to click on comments and see what people are saying about it. And so that's really where you need to be moderating. Now, TikTok has an awesome comment moderation tool where you can even enter in a list of words that you don't want to show up in the comments. Like I'll usually put like cheap, scam, bad, like anything with a negative connotation, I'll put in that list. And that way that TikTok will automatically hide comments that have those, um, those words in it. So I'm, I'm constantly adding new words to that list. You can go into there and hide comments and you can also reply to comments as the brand, um, to address certain concerns. If you don't want to just hide everything that's negative, I think it's actually better if you leave some of the negative ones um, and come back and be like, Oh, actually this is, um, this is why our product isn't this way. Or if it's a customer concern, especially, I think that's the time to really highlight like, Hey, like this isn't right. This is not our typical experience. Please email me. We'll make it right. And other people will see that like, okay, they're treating their customers, right? So being active in the comments is absolutely essential. I've had a client, they didn't want to have someone moderating the clients. They didn't have the resources for it. And they got so many negative clients that they were just like, turn off the clients, turn off the comments. We don't want to deal with it anymore, which I get it's, it is a hassle and the negativity can get to you, especially as a brand owner, you love your brand and you're seeing all these negative comments. So I totally get not wanting the haters on there. People I think are even more distressful if you turn off the comments because then they're like, what are you hiding? What's so funny is that same brand. Once we turned off the comments, he got an email um, from someone saying like, you're such a coward. You turn off your comments, no. blah, blah, blah. Wow. Yeah. He's like, Oh, so people are really invested in it. And he was shocked. He was like, wow, like this is just, and then he was just like, I need a little break from TikTok, all this negativity. So I want to just throw that story out there that people are brutal in the comments. It is totally an opportunity to engage with customers, learn what people don't like about your product. They will tell you, um, learn what people don't like about your ad. But there's also, I would 100% recommend keeping it on. There was one instance, I had a client where we did a TikTok video about um, like inexpensive beauty products. And one of the products that we mentioned was like $30 in the inexpensive beauty products video. And we got so many comments, people saying like $30 isn't inexpensive, like how dare you, blah, blah, blah. Um, so it wasn't totally negative against the brand. It was more negative about like, that's kind of pretentious of you to say that something that's $30 is inexpensive. And that was our best performing ad. It got over 2 million views. And I think it was because of all the comments. TikTok saw all the engagement, either negative or positive. They just see it as engagement. Like, oh, this engaging ad, we're going to serve it to more people. We're going to give you preferential CPMs because this is an engaging piece of content. So I would also recommend when creating your ads, try to think of something that might encourage people to comment. And I did that also another quick example. I did a phone case ad where I started the ad with me biting the case. 
And that was it. It was just a clip of me biting the case. And then I went into the ad and I got a billion comments of being like, why is she biting the case? And it's like, <laughs> well, I did it. So you guys would comment about, about me buying the case. And that was our best performing ad. It got millions of views. So think of like having like a something in there that's going to make people comment of like, that's weird. And I have another idea. I do ads for BlendJet, which is a portable blender. And I recently got into like eating beef liver as like a superfood. And so I was going to do an ad this week, like using beef liver in the smoothie for the blend jet. And I think that's going to really set off people. Oh my God. But yeah, lots of, lots of, uh, yeah, that's like disgusting comments. (laughs) It, It begs the question though, like you almost want to produce ads that are a little controversial. Maybe that's not the right word, but you know, it's okay to rub people the wrong way. I guess it's kind of the Kardashian effect, right? Like there's no news that hurts those people. It doesn't matter what they do. (laughs) They can just be like just horrible, horrible humans. But as long as there's a camera on them, when it's happening, it helps their brand. And they've built Mm -hmm. a multi-billion dollar collection of brands off of nothing but controversy. Um, and I, and I guess we can all huh, we can all capitalize on that, um, depending on your threshold and your, totally. your temperament. <laughs> I think there's a way to do it, like like kind of like the beauty hacks one, where we it was like inexpensive. Like the comments weren't necessarily negative about the product. Same with me buying the phone case. It's like, why is this girl buying a phone case? That's weird. Um, not so. I think when you're thinking about ads, like don't put the product in the negative light, put just like the action of like, why are they doing this? Or why are they saying this? Um, TikTok's all about community engagement for better, or for worse. People get in the comments and start a conversation on ads. So um, might as well use that to your advantage. And I can a hundred percent say that the more comments you get and the more engagement, the better the ad performs. I've seen that time and time again, except in the case where it's negative comments about the product, then people are just going to get scared and, and not click on on the link and buy. Super good point. Where can people find you? Do you have a, a special potential offer for perpetual traffic listeners who've listened all the way through? Of course. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, my website is thesocialsavannah.com. And there you can access my TikTok ads course. I have a very special offer for perpetual traffic listeners. The coupon code is PT. Um, the two letters, and that will give you $100 off the course. And that's the best coupon I've ever given anyone. So I'll keep that active for the next uh, couple months. So hopefully some of you will will come through there. And then, of course, if you want to see my ad examples, learn more about me, get in touch, that's all on my website as well, thesocialsavannah.com. I I think she's one of our most favorite guests here. Uh, Awesome. Not only just because she bribed us with free free stuff, stuff, but also because she gave away good stuff Go to the website, click on TikTok ads course, and then they can buy now with code PT. So thank you for listening to this week's show. Make sure that you subscribe and leave a rating wherever you're listening. Follow myself and Kasim over on Twitter as well as Savannah and go back and listen to previous episodes. Uh, Those are all over at perpetualtraffic.com and all resources and show notes that we talked about here today are at perpetualtraffic.com on behalf of my awesome co-host Kasim Aslam. Peace. Until next show, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic, 